Hello, and welcome back to A Cup of Tea and a Biscuit with me, your host, Pranusha Naidu. Now, this is the month of love, and I thought we could take maybe a few moments to cast our attention towards matters of the heart, more especially around our behaviors when it comes to romantic relationships. So it's going to be a bit of a rocky road, so I'm going to say buckle up, buttercups, because when it comes to relationships, we're likely to hit a few nerves as we go along with most people. And sadly, some of the situations that we might unpack and discuss over the next few episodes might hit a little close to home, but it's all part of the learning curve, right? So looking forward to moving ahead with you guys. Now, when it comes to breakups, we've often heard that cliche, it's not you, it's me. And if we stop rolling our eyes for like two seconds, what if it actually is true? What if the issue is you and you're self-sabotaging the connections that you could potentially have with someone? So even before these connections and relationships are built in form or given the chance to blossom into something that could be meaningful, what if the issue is genuinely you and not just you, you and your self-destructive behavior? Is it possible that the only thing standing between ourselves and a happy relationship is ourself? Um, Now, psychologists often refer to this as behavior that causes problems in our daily life or that impedes our ability to reach long-term goals. Now, this can apply to what I think is romantic relationships or relationships with family members or friends or even life goals. But here's the kicker. Whilst we might think we might be doing this consciously, some of us do this unconsciously. And it's the unconscious part that can be really scary and almost habit-forming because we get so accustomed to doing it that it almost becomes a way of life or second nature. And often when we do it, we don't even recognize that we're doing it, let alone have the ability to put in interventions to stop ourselves from even doing this type of behavior. Now, there was a study that was done by two researchers called Catabriano and Peel, and it was published in the Journal of Couple and Relationship Therapies. Now, this research collated um, data that was collected from almost 700 participants across 50 countries, and they ranged from ages 15 to about 80, right? And it set about to explore self-destructive actions that people take when they are in romantic relationships. Now, the results, as you can imagine, are not surprising. And I think when you look at it, I think we can all kind of understand it, right? But basically what it was is it broke down self-sabotaging into like five categories. And I'm sure that there are areas that each of us will recognize, it will resonate with us and It strikes home maybe because we found ourselves as the recipients of this or actually we were guilty of even doing some of these behaviors ourselves, right? Um, So the first one was fear. I think this is a foundational one from which self-sabotaging stems, right? It's that ability where we feel we're afraid that we might get hurt. It's that fear of feeling rejected or potentially even being abandoned by a partner. And for some, in extreme cases, it's this fear of commitment, you know, like, is this really the one that I have to commit to forever and ever? Amen. Um, 
The next category that they picked up was individuals that struggled with poor self-esteem or feelings of low self-worth, not feeling worthy of a partner or a relationship. So a lot of it dealing with the self. The third one stemmed from having a difficulty around trusting people. So this was usually triggered by individuals that had had to deal with past infidelities or betrayals where they lacked the ability to trust someone new or it took them a really hard, long time and it was really hard for them to trust new individuals. Uh, the fourth area related to having unrealistic expectations where you think everything's going to be sunshines, rainbows, unicorns, all of that good stuff. And unrealistic expectations of what a partnership might be. You know, it's again where we get suckered into what we see in this Facebook, social media kind of life and expect all of this to be our reality. And the last and fifth area that um, found that self-sabotaging was broken down into was dealing with individuals that maybe lacked emotional maturity or that they had not had the necessary relationship experience to understand their own emotions or not having dealt with previous relationship trauma. Now, I'm sure amongst all of that, they all seem perfectly normal and they're incidences where each of us can relate and maybe even identify with. But that really helps us understand, okay, why do we self-sabotage? What are the things that have triggered us and, and allowed us to behave in this way? You know, what are we kind of running from? But what does it actually look like? So if you're in the situation where either you're doing this type of behavior or you're experiencing it, self-sabotaging might look a bit like when you have a partner that suddenly shuts down on you, where they're becoming detached, no longer making an effort. And this suddenly makes the other person start feeling undervalued, unappreciated. And I think it kind of culminates in some conflict, right? Um, another area where you find is people are not being their authentic selves. So people are telling you what you want to hear or maybe lying about their own personal feelings um, and thoughts because they're afraid of the other person's reaction. It might also look like where we're dealing with someone that's really defensive about themselves. Um, they feel like they're becoming like a lot of righteous indignation about situations and where they perceive any type of criticism, whether mild even as blame and, and you know, like feel almost as attacking. The, the fourth area is about someone that attacks their partner. So now this is either where they perceive criticism or blame as feeling the need to belittle another person or to be really hurtful as a way to almost self-protect themselves. It's, it's someone that's really focused on trying to keep the power dynamic or someone that maybe is dealing with their own feelings of insecurities and feels the need to project onto others. Now, if we talk about this one, this kind of strikes a chord with me and, you know, you might as well call me Cinderella because that shoe certainly has been fitting in within recent weeks. So a few weeks ago, I'd gone on a date with someone who kind of flipped the script on me a little. So we've been a few dates in and suddenly this person had started making really snarky comments, first about like career choices, my education was an issue, the degrees I had was an issue. And then it finally hit a header where I found them even critiquing my personal appearance and in a really negative way. To be honest, I was actually hurt. And quite frankly, I was raging that someone would behave in this way. But after some moments of reflecting, I realized that this was actually somebody else's issue to deal with. And it was their way of self-sabotaging. And it was most certainly not my circus. 
And I'll tell you this now, I do not have the patience to be dealing with clowns. So that that's how self-sabotaging can really kind of move things along or you have to understand how people are behaving in a different way that can be terribly hurtful and them actually dealing with their trauma in a way that they're not even cognizant of. The last area in how um, self-sabotaging kind of manifests is when a partner kind of does this breadcrumbing type of activity where they come in really hot and heavy, harsh with a pursuit and then start withdrawing and they start second-guessing things and getting in the way of themselves. So... The reality is that being the recipient of someone that is self-sabotaging isn't great, but we also need to approach this with a bit of compassion because what we need to understand is that the person that's doing it is often completely unaware of their triggers or not even aware that they're even doing this activity. And they're doing this as a mechanism for their own self-protection often. Maybe, if as humans, we employed a healthier approach to relationship strategies, like operating in an environment that offered us more open communication, allowed us to trust more freely, felt safer, and where we felt accepted and maybe weren't afraid of commitment, it might make it a little easier for each of us to function in that kind of safe space. You know, self-sabotaging stems from a need to protect oneself. It's a default kind of action for us to kind of deal with the trauma and hurt that we have. And heal and holding on to a lot of that and not doing the healing prevents us from actually having a healthy relationship. The key to all of this, I think, is that we need to be patient with ourselves. If we ourselves are self-sabotaging, give yourself some grace, give yourself some compassion. And also to remember that relationships are hard work. You know, if it was easy, it would be simple for all of us. And if you do find yourself as someone that is self-sabotaging and you're struggling to come to terms with how to deal with it or how to cope, you don't always have to do it on your own. There are people out there that can help you. And so please seek the help of a licensed professional if you do need it. We all deserve to feel the joy and warmth that comes from having love. On that note, my lovelies, we've come to the end for this episode. I thank you once again for joining me on the journey. And if you have enjoyed the content, please feel free to like, share and follow. Till next time, my lovelies, I wish you love and light. Take care.